You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Notice here in Numbers 23 and 19, the author speaks about two type people that God is not. He says, God is not a son of man. And a son of man is simply a child. God is not a child. He's not a boy. He's not a child. God is not someone that was born into sin or iniquity. We talk about babies being born, but biblically, David revealed to us that uh, even children are born into sin. Let me just show you that in Psalm 51. Go to Psalm 51 and consider Verse 5. Psalm 51 and 5. David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, in sin. My mother conceived me. Why are we born into sin? Simply because of our bloodline in reference to Adam. And we know that we we did not receive redemption until Jesus came as the second Adam gave his life for the world, took upon himself the sin of everybody. Therefore, Paul penned in Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He took upon himself your sins and my sin in order for us to be born again. Because again, man is born into sin. And when we've been born again, that's the reason 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. All things have passed. Look, behold, 
everything is new. And, and we know we're new. You don't curse like you used to curse. You don't do the dumb stuff like you used to do it. I mean, you used to do some dumb stuff, but you don't do it no more. Because the curse has been lifted. Jesus even said to a religious person that thought he was all right in John 3 by the name of Nicodemus, except you be born again, you shall not inherit eternal life. Nicodemus asked, how can, how can you be born again? How can you enter into your mother's womb for the second time? He didn't understand. Even though biblically it talked about redemption, even in the Old Testament before Nicodemus was actually born. But he still did not understand that a person had to be born again. But Jesus made a way for us to be redeemed from the curse of Adam or the curse of sin. Amen? Amen. But, but Jesus is not a son of man. He was not, he was not born into sin. You hear me? God is not the son of man, was not born into sin. And then when you consider a son of man or a child, a child has to be trained because we come into this world ignorant. We have to be trained to do the right things because, because children are quick to do the wrong thing because of that sin nature. They see the fire, they want to touch the fire. That's that sin nature, just want to just deal with whatever is before. So we have to be trained. Proverbs 22 and 6, go there real quick. Proverbs 22 and 6, and let's consider it. I know you, you've read it, but let's read it this morning as well. 20, Proverbs 20, 26, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. You have to train a child. God don't need training. God is omniscient. He knows everything. He don't need training. So he's not the son of man that he, that he needs any training. He does not have to grow up and become mature. He's already where he needs to be. Amen? And so he's not the son of man or child that needs to be trained. Natural children need to be trained. And God's children need to be trained. You ever seen folk been saved about two or three years and think they know everything? Too much ahead of you, baby. You don't know it all yet. You have to be trained. So even when the Bible talks about a child or a babe in Christ, it say, as a newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the word so you can grow, so you can mature, because there are troubles that will try to turn you every which way but loose. And so you have to mature in order to deal with things that happen in life. This virus that's taking place it has showed many people that they were not where they were in Christ. The way they were thinking 
they were thinking they were one thing, but then when trouble came, it revealed that, hey, all that you've been talking. You're not that. You still need to be trained. Yeah. You still need to be trained. You know, because God has a way of showing us ourselves and what we need to do, adjustments we need to make. True? So he's not the son of man back in Numbers 23 and 19 that he should, notice, repent. Simple definition of repent as it pertains to the verse, change one's ways. And that's what we did when we repented. We changed our ways. Even though we asked God to change our tongue. No, he made us free moral agents. We have to choose to change our talk. You have to choose to stop lying. Choose to stop doing this, that, and the other. It's a choice. Now, he'll empower you, but even after he empowers you with the Holy Spirit, you still have to make the choice to do what's necessary. Oh, he'll equip you. He'll give you exactly what you need, but you still have to make the choice. He'll give you what you need and tell you what you have. Tell you things like, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. But you have to choose to believe that. And you have folks that still don't believe that. You have folks that, that he puts in them what they need in order to fight, in order to prosper. And then he turns around and tells folks, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. But you still have to choose to believe that. And even though some folk have the greater one on the inside of them, they still believe weapons have the power to take them out. Instead of believing they ain't going nowhere until God says so. I'm just stuck on that. If I go, it's because it's my time. I'm stuck on that. You know why I'm stuck on it? It's God's word. Hebrews 9 and 27, it is once appointed for what? A man to die. I'm stuck on that. Why? It's his word. And the Bible says heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in the heavens as well as the earth. Jesus boldly stood firm and said before folk in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass. What you experiencing going to pass. What you see going to pass. But the one thing that will never pass is my word. Your word ain't going to pass, Jesus. Not one jot, not one tittle of my word shall fail. Oh, don't have to change his ways. He don't have to change his word to fit with what's going on in our day and time. You have to understand Malachi 3 and 6. God changes not. 
if God told you he was going to bless you, it does not matter what is trying to mess up your day. That's not going to stop God from blessing you. God changes not. If God told you he was going to do it, then a tornado comes and tears up everything you own. That's not going to stop God from doing what he told you he was going to do. He changes not. Now I was satisfied with Malachi 3 and 6. And then the Hebrew writer turned around and said in Hebrews 13 and 8, Jesus Christ the same. When? Yesterday? Today? And forever. Letting us know our Christ, our Lord, does not change. Follow me, walk. And tell folks to follow you as you following me. Walk, I'm taking you somewhere. Let them know we're going somewhere. And just keep following me, walk. Is that Bible? 1 Corinthians 11 and 1. Imitate me, Paul said, as I also imitate Christ or the anointed one. See, the anointed one will destroy yokes of bondage and empower you to do whatever is essential and significant. God don't play. God does not play. I'm going to lead you and I'm going to protect you. Don't worry about it, Walker. I don't want to touch not my anointed. See, we got to start believing what the Bible says and walk in the power of God's word. But it is a choice. And in order to know how serious God is, you need to know who God is not. And right now you need to understand that God is not a child. Not a son of man that he should repent. God ain't got to change. Well, Lord, everything is is chaotic right now. You think you ought to change the season? Better is here and better is coming because it's turmoil over here. It's chaos over here. Shouldn't we change? God changes. Not. Even if you change, God is not going to change. And see, if you get to acting crazy, God will take what he had stored up for you and give it to walk. You'll see me with what you've been praying about. You, Lord, I wanted something just like what pastor got right there. I know that's the reason I got it. You wanted it, but you wouldn't stay in the word. So God, God would not do such. Yes, he will. You remember the man that had, that had one talent, didn't do anything with it? He took it and didn't give it to the person that had two. Gave it to the person that had five. Gave it to the person that already had plenty. God changes not. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Then, Numbers 23 and 19 also 
reveals that God is not a man. He is not a man. He is not a finite, a limited being. Look at yourself. You're limited. You're limited. Limited to the point to where you don't know what's going on on ML King Street right now. You don't know what's going on. You don't even know what's going on in your own house at this moment. Why is that? You're limited. But, but it's not just you. Your past is limited. Your doctor is limited. Your government is limited. Folk who claim to be looking out for our best interests are limited. The best doctor can tell you something at one appointment only to change it at the next. What bothers me about man is is that we have the audacity to trust man more so than we trust God and that which pertains to God. You have folk that are waiting on man's okay. And some of y'all in here, you've been there before. God was telling you one thing, but you were waiting on man to second it. As if God was just just one voice. Have you not read that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending? God don't need no board to approve what he has decreed. God does not need a vote to sanction what he has put on the table. If he said it, he'll bring it to pass. Man is defective. We have shortcomings. We have faults. That's the reason we find ourselves consistently repent. How many have repented of something this week? Go, go, go ahead and just lift it high. Don't get cute on me. Why? You're defective. You are a limited being. We are so defective to, to we mess up our own selves. Woo! Trying to act like I'm just saying something. 
We got to just, we just, just, just got to come clean. How many by a show of hands you ever messed up your own self? You couldn't point no finger at nobody but yourself because you messed up your own self. Man is defective. One, one thing that, that I wish I would have learned at an early age is not to trust a person just because of his or her credentials. Thank God we have folk with credentials. But I'm not going to put full trust in nobody but God. And if you decide to put full trust in somebody or put more trust in a person than in God. I got one word for you. Fool. You are a fool. Pastor called me a fool because I trust in man more so than God. And you would be right. Tell your family I'll call you a fool if you trust in man more so than you trust in God. Tell your neighbor Pastor called you a fool. Tell anybody you ran into that Pastor called you a fool. But be clear on why I call you such. to your neighbor you gotta see yourself as defective but you also have to see that person that you consider brilliant and expert in his or her field as defective that does not take away that they are intelligent they are smart they know things about particular subjects and so forth but they are yet limited simply because of their humanity. Can't trust folk fully. Trust your pastor, but only trust your pastor as he's following Christ. Your pastor veering to the left and, and Christ still going straight. You can't trust your pastor. You out your mind. That man, something wrong with him. Veering to the left and, and his God going straight. Follow that crazy man into a ditch. You can't trust anybody fully but God. And when you trust somebody, you have to make sure that that person, whether the person is in the pulpit or in an office, is doing the right thing and God is letting you know that the person is doing the right thing. See, God not only looks after his children in the church, he looks after his children outside of the church. God will tell you in the doctor's office, don't you believe what he just put on paper? Don't you take that mess he's signing for you to get a prescription for you. Don't you take that. Don't you even go by the drugstore. John 16 and 13, the Holy Spirit will lead you into how much truth? Truth in the church and truth outside the church. 
God is not defective. And notice the text reveal he is not a man that he should lie. I have lied. You have lied. Your mama have lied. That doctor you got a whole lot of confidence in, just ask him one day, have you ever lied? And if that doctor has the audacity to say you, no. He lying right there. How many in here you've never lied? Let's, let's just see if we let's see if you're gonna lie in church today. <laughs> he is not a man that he should lie. Hebrews six and eighteen says in part, it is him. Impossible for him to lie. Even if you want him to lie for you, he ain't gonna lie. You are his child, but he's not gonna lie for you. Because you know, mamas will lie for their son. Lie for their son and lead her. Oh Lord, forgive me, Lord Jesus. Lord, forgive me for lying for my son. God will not lie for you. God will not mislead you. Because lie in the text not only means to utter untruths, but it means to be deceptive or to mislead. God is not going to tell you something and not back it up. He's not going to do it. It is impossible for him to lie. That there have been times to where God has said, Walker, I'm gonna do such and such. And when I look with my natural eyes, I was like, How in the world are he gonna do it? It just don't seem like this can happen. And see, I was looking at it not being able to happen because for that moment I put God in the same category as man. See, when God tells you something, you can't go by nothing you see. Because God is so awesome to where he can just say it. And things began to happen. Things can be completely out of whack and God can just speak something and change everything. Have you not read Genesis the first chapter and the first few verses when it talks about the earth was void and without form but then God stepped forth and said let there be. And everything he spoke into existence. It didn't wait to happen. It happened when he spoke it. You can never make the mistake 
of putting God in a category with your best person. The person who you have more confidence in than anybody else. This reason the prophet decreed cursed is the person that trusts in man for his deliverance. Why would he say such a strong word? Because whenever you put your trust in anybody other than God, it's a mistake. Especially when the scripture tells us, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct. The writer couldn't leave it alone. He kept, he kept on by saying, depart from evil. It's evil when you don't put all your trust in God. It's evil when you start to lean toward what man said, even though God has put the plan before you. God told us before this pandemic, follow me, I'm the omniscient guy. Follow me, I still am God. I know where I'm going. And God is still walking on the path that he set up in the beginning of the year. But there have been a number of folk that have got off that path. And I come to tell you, if you have gotten off that path, it's time to repent. And get back on the path. Because what God said, he meant it. Because God is not a man that he should lie. That's the reason the author of Moses goes on to say. Notice as I get ready to close this. Y'all ought to be happy by now. He goes on to say, has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Say to your neighbor, God speaks directly and indirectly. I love Amos 3 and 7. Because, because Amos 3 and 7 lets me know as a pastor, as a prophet of this house, that, that, that God going to give me exactly what I need to say to his people. Because Lord knows I don't want to mess up his folk. So he going to let me know Sunday in and Sunday in what to tell you. And you have to understand that, that when I say it, it ain't Walker 102 or Walker 311. It's coming strictly from God's throne. What does Amos 3 and 7 say? Surely.
Surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he reveal his secrets unto his servants, the prophets. And if you don't believe that, I'm going to tell you point blank, I believe it to the point to where I get up every single morning and I put off hours just to seek God's face, asking him, what is it that you want me to give your people? What is it that you want me to reveal unto your sons, unto your daughters? Because I don't want to mess nobody up. God will tell you if you ask him that I will not step in his pulpit unless he has given me a revelation. A written word and a revealed word to back it up. You ask him. God speaks directly and indirectly. He said, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to reveal it unto my servants, the prophets. There are some things that God tells me, and when I release it, I know the only thing this is going to happen is if God does it. As I just pray that the people that are listening, they have a God consciousness to the point to where they can receive the word and allow God to do what he just released. God can tell you when your situation is worse that better is here and better is coming. And if you receive that prophetic word, it'll manifest and change your life for the better. And I got scripture to back it. In the book of 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter and the 20th verse, the last sentence, it says, Believe the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall shall you prosper whenever you believe a prophetic word by thinking it talking it and walking in it God will manifest exactly what he promised it does not matter what's going on around you it does not matter what the gainsayers or the naysayers are saying if God releases it it will surely come to pass again because God is not a man that he should lie not the son of man that he should repent Tell them I'm going to do it, Walker. Tell them I'm God. Tell them I am the Alpha and the Omega. Tell them I'll turn it around for them. Tell them despite what they're going through, I'm still going to make a way out of no way. Just like I caused the Red Sea to be parted and allowed my children to cross over on dry land. Sit down, sit down. You have to understand if God speaks it, he'll bring it to pass. I'm going to show you one verse and I'm done. I want you to go with me to Isaiah. Isaiah 55. I'm closing with this. Notice verse 11. So shall 
Now this is prophetic. This is Isaiah speaking on behalf of God. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. God's word is never empty. Don't ever think what God says he's not going to fulfill it. God will always fulfill his word. It's never an, it's never an empty word. Now, it can be empty to a person that does not embrace it. But as long as you embrace the word and allow it to become a part of your makeup, your mind, your words, and your deeds, it'll come to pass. God is known for blowing minds. God is known for turning situations around. I have seen professionals with their mouth wide open wondering how in the world did that happen for him? On paper, it never should have been. How in the world did that happen? Nobody but God. You, you got to understand, despite what's going on in this world, this earth still belongs to God. You have to understand that that. The earth is the Lord's and is fullness. Don't get it twisted. Folks in a whole lot of stuff, but God's still in charge of this thing. One of the sad things is that leadership does not recognize that God is in control. And, the, and, and, and sadly, we'll say that they're Christian, but true Christians will learn from the scripture. Have you noticed in scripture how leaders, especially in government, messed up folk? You can only trust anybody, any person, just to a degree. But when God sends forth his word, it's going to be fulfilled. Notice, it will not return unto me void. God does not have an empty word. If they are false prophets, that's their word. That's not God's word. You hear me? Lord of mercy, let me, let me finish the verse. I'm going to start over. Isaiah 55 and 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I, who please? I please. What God pleases. And it shall, help me, prosper in the thing for which I sent it. His word going to always bring forth Productivity. It's going to always cause better to happen. To prosper equates better. Productivity. God's word is going to always cause whoever embraces it to prosper. 
That's the reason some of us have the testimony that despite what we have been through, whether physically, emotionally, relationally, or otherwise, God has always caused us to prosper as long as we thought, spoke, and did according to his word. That's our testimony. It's going to prosper in what he sent it to do. And that's the reason we can never put God in the same category as the son of man or man. Especially man because God is not alive. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.